Welcome to Closer to Venus. I'm Johnny Burke, and today's guest is Lisa Quagliata. She is a love and happiness coach, author, and founder and director at Connected to Soul. Her work combines her experience as a global trainer in NLP, timeline therapy, and modern hypnosis. And today, we'll talk about how we can use timeline therapy to clear karmic contracts in this lifetime to improve our relationships. Lisa, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. NLP, which I believe is neuro-linguistic programming, right? Mm-hmm. How does that influence the work that you do now? I'd probably say it's more the timeline therapy that influences what I do now. NLP has been around for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And for me, NLP is almost like how I speak every day now. It's so integrated at an unconscious level because it's the brain and the language. So whereas timeline therapy is kind of what's led me down the path of helping people clear out the past lives and the negative emotions and the limiting beliefs that we either come into this world with or we actually create whilst we're going through our journey here. So the limiting beliefs can actually come from a past life then, right? Oh, absolutely. Most of my limiting beliefs have actually come from past lives. We're going to have to talk about that in a bit then. It's very interesting. So speaking of which, I imagine when I saw the term timeline therapy, that definitely had something to do with past lives. How did you find yourself on this path where you started exploring past lives? And I imagine reincarnation as well, right? Yeah, my journey started when my younger brother during COVID actually took his life and he decided that it was his time to leave this earth. And and because it was a suicide, I wanted answers. And being on a spiritual journey since my older brother was killed in an accident back in 1992. But when it's an accident and you don't get a choice, the questions come up, why did it happen to them? But when they choose to leave this earth, that was a whole new ball game for me. So I started researching and, and I came across Dr. Michael Newton's work And that sparked an interest, but it wasn't until I did my very first NLP practitioner course when timeline therapy and hypnosis was part of that course. And it was during that course that I experienced the magic of timeline therapy, but it wasn't until after the course and I started doing my own work on myself that my guides started taking me back to my own past lives because I was being given a lot of repeating experiences that I hadn't obviously learned my lesson in. In the beginning, it wasn't with my clients as much as it was with me. And then in the last couple of months in particular, because I've opened myself up to it, I've been given a lot more clients where karmic contracts have been coming up as part of their journey. Interesting. So you use the term karmic contracts, and you also brought up Dr. Michael Newton, which tells me that you've done some work or maybe even had some experience in the life between life space. Have you? Okay, so you've done that. Okay, good. Now, is a karmic contract the same thing as a soul agreement or is it something different? In my own personal experience and my own personal opinion, I believe they're different. We have different types of soul contracts and they can be for things that are enjoyable, exciting, fun, happiness, but we can also have soul contracts where we're here to learn and grow and evolve. Whereas a karmic contract is unresolved 
issues from the past that we keep recreating in the next life because we're giving another opportunity to clear it out. So for me and the most recent experience I've had with my clients is some of these karmic contracts go back to one just recently went back to the Druids where her ex-husband in this lifetime had actually put a curse on them way back then <laughs> and and she had recreated in all these other past lives and in this lifetime she finally broke free when we did the timeline therapy she finally broke free of that karmic contract and if he doesn't form part of her actual soul family then she won't recreate in another lifetime with him that was the same experience with my own ex-husband. I had recreated in multiple lifetimes with him where he was always the master, I was always the slave. And in those past lives, I generally always chose to take my life in a way to get out of those contracts. So it's like I took the coward's way out. But in this lifetime, I broke that contract because I made a different decision. That's very interesting. So you remember past lives where you actually took your own life more than once? Absolutely. Yes. It's very interesting because it reminds me of my first experience with a guest speaker. I believe this is in episode 68. Her name was Jeannie Sullivan, a medium. And as the episode went along, it was great. There's lots of very cool information and discoveries. But at one point, she started to talk about a time when things were not going well, and she was about to leave this earth. And I thought, oh, my God, what am I going to do here? Right. <laughs> and what happened was she heard telepathically, I imagine, a voice saying as she went to go take the implement out of the drawer, a voice said, sit down. So she looks around. There's obviously no one in the house. Takes two more steps forward. and in a much louder, forceful voice, someone or some being said, sit down. She began to have a conversation with spirit who said, you have free will. You can do whatever you want. But if you go through with this, we are going to bring you back to the same place and you're going to have to go through this all over again. So being that you have experienced this more than once and you are familiar with the life in between life space, in between incarnations. Have you had a similar experience or was it something completely different? I, in this lifetime, I've never gotten to the stage where I wanted to give up and leave this earth. I've gotten many stages where I literally just wanted to give up, but never once did I think to leave this earth. But a very profound experience that has led me, I believe, to open up to work with people to clear karmic contracts in particular is after the suicide death of my brother, I kept trying to clear out sadness and grief, but my heart was still super heavy. And no matter how many times I tried to clear out grief, it just wouldn't leave. And it wasn't until I worked with one of my own coaches and we discovered that it was actually shame that needed to be cleared out at the unconscious level. And the lifetime that they took me back to, they took me back to a scene where I had chosen to take my life. And the message that was given to me was, in that lifetime, I chose death over life. But in this lifetime, I am here to teach people how to choose life over death. And as that was happening, I 
was crying and I just felt this massive weight just lift off the top of me out of my chest. It was like my chest was literally cracking wide open and there was like, it felt like sun rays coming out of my chest. This was over Zoom and my coach said, oh my God, you should have seen your face as that realization hit you that you're in this lifetime to help people choose life over death. And in that moment, I knew that even though I felt so guilty and so shameful that I couldn't help my brother, it doesn't matter because he's going to send me the people that need my help the most. And that's actually what he's been doing. And just even just last week, I had someone sit on my couch in their first session and right at the very end of the session, he said, oh, and by the way, there's something I need to tell you. I actually tried to take my life last month. And that hadn't come out at all in the two and a half hours we'd been sitting there. But he had felt comfortable enough that by the end of that first session, and he felt it was really important to let me know that. And I knew in that moment that he had been sent to me because I'm here to teach him how to choose life over death. And I think that's an amazing gift. Very cool. He had been sent to you. Who or what being or entity is sending these people to you? I personally believe it's my late brother that took his life because I did have a very interesting dream. It was March last year. And in this dream, my brother actually came to me and he handed me his energetic gift because in this lifetime, he was meant to be a healer in his lifetime this time round. But my father was determined to build a legacy that my brothers were going to take over. And when my older brother was killed in an accident at age 21, he transferred that expectation to my younger brother. So I call it a dream, but I know it was definitely an experience on the astral plane. He handed me his gift and he now channels through me when I'm doing healing. And it was interesting because I kind of had a bit of help to interpret that. I had to go to a psychic friend of mine to interpret what this all meant. And she said, what did you call your business? And I said, connected to soul. And she goes, do you get it now? And I'm like, mm, not really. And when I went back and looked at the date that I had actually come up with the name, well, actually the name was given to me, it was actually on my brother's birthday and it was called Connected to Soul. So I'm a big believer that I'm led to where I need to be at each stage. And even when I was a financial advisor and a money coach, not even doing anything spiritual, I still had a belief that when clients need me the most, they will be led to my door. And it always happens, always. I never worry about where my next client is coming from because they literally just show up when I need okay. them or they need me. Let's talk about the dream for a moment because every time I ask an intuitive about this type of thing, especially about a friend or a relative that has passed and appears in your dream, I'm told that that is actually them communicating. It's not your imagination. What are your thoughts? I believe that a hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, when you meet someone and you just feel like you just know that person, it's like you start talking and you can't get over how much you have in common, how similarly you think that's because you have a past connection to that person and your souls actually recognize one another. And it's the same in these dreams your souls are actually recognizing it. And interestingly, in this particular dream, 
It was an ex-boss of mine called Andrew, which was my late brother's name, that was sitting at the table handing me this gift. I'm like, why is my ex-boss showing up in my dream? So they don't always show up in the form that we knew them here in this lifetime. But what they're doing is they're giving you enough, I guess, guidance for you to be able to work it out. In timeline therapy, I've actually had clients and myself where we've gone back into our past lives and that person may look different from what they are now in this lifetime, but you recognize their soul on an energetic level and you just know 100%, there is zero doubt who that person is. Okay, all right. And I've also been told that in dreams when we see our relatives and friends who have passed, they tend to look like they're in their prime. Even if someone died when they were in their 70s or 80s, they tend to show up when they're like 30 years old. Has your experience been anything like that or? Not my own personal experience, but I do know I've had clients that that has happened to. My older brother, Chris, that was killed in an accident, I do remember him once. <laughs> it was actually my very first experience at talking to the dead where I'd had a dream and he was sitting in a basketball stadium and I was like, you know, Chris, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I've just finished work. And I'm like, work? You don't work, you're dead. And he said, oh, no, they work us even harder up here. And in that particular dream, in that vision, he looked exactly as he did when he was alive at, at age 21. And I woke up from that, and this was really before any of my spiritual awakenings. So I kind of had to think, was that real? And do you really work when you're up in heaven? I've heard that. Yeah, and it was really interesting because it was like in vivid color, and my brother looked exactly the same. However, when my younger brother Andrew showed up, he came through in the form of another Andrew that I knew. But that was his way of communicating, it's Andrew. Because, you know, I do have two brothers in spirit, which I talk to. So sometimes they need to give me a little bit of a nudge to let me know which one's actually talking to me. Okay, so you do have contact with both of your brothers, sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I believe that. And I can usually tell because, and I've, I've learned, you know, when I see white feathers, that's an association with Chris. And when I see darker feathers, that's an association with Andrew. Let's talk about timeline therapy. And I guess the first question I would have is, is it the same thing as past life regression or is it like a different variant? How does that work? Yeah. So in timeline therapy, we actually do have a special technique where we can do past life regression. However, the easiest way to explain the difference is timeline therapy is used as more of a therapeutic technique that helps individuals access the root cause of where negative emotions from the past or, you know, limiting beliefs may have been formed that cause self-sabotaging behaviors in this lifetime or hold them back. And I like to explain to my clients, it's like going in and removing the electrical charge from that emotion or that, you know, we remove the limiting belief or in negative emotions, we remove the electrical charge. It doesn't mean you're not going to experience that emotion ever again. It just means we're not experiencing that emotion with 10 suitcases full of that old emotion that make it amplified. It's almost like we go back to a bit of a baseline. So you can experience the emotion, but you can quickly move through it and then get back to your baseline. 
Whereas past life regression, what we're doing there in my own studies is we're actually tapping into access and connect to people in the past who we either had a connection with in this lifetime, but it doesn't need to be a personal connection. It could be simply as, you know, like I love Wayne Dyer. My healing journey started with Wayne Dyer. So if I wanted to tap into Wayne Dyer, because I've read his books and I've listened to his YouTube, I have a connection with him, even though it's not a direct personal connection. And what we're doing there is we're actually tapping into gain resources and knowledge from that person. My dad was a huge innovator and he was a, you know, a very successful businessman. So I can actually tap in through timeline therapy and go back and tap into dad and ask him, what do I need to learn from him to apply in this lifetime? So we can go back in and find the wisdom from people that we admire and have come into contact with. Which means you can or cannot do that in past life regression, where you can go back and literally ask someone a question. Yeah. So past life regression in the timeline therapy that I was trained in under Dr. Tad James, we use past life regression to go back and tap into wisdom of people who have passed on. Whereas timeline therapy itself is more about tapping in and going back and removing the root cause of negative emotions and limiting beliefs that hold us back in this lifetime. Okay. So it's like kind of like doing an extraction or something. That's what it sounds yeah. like. All right, good. So in either one of those modalities, do you often go into that life between life space, that territory with your clients or not so much? I've only had one client in particular who went into the LBL phase and this was super interesting. This lady had actually reincarnated twice in her mother's lifetime on this earth in this lifetime. I don't know if I explained that very correct. So basically <laughs> twice. So first she was born, her karmic contract was with her mother. However, when we did the timeline therapy, she went to a life between lives where she was sitting there identifying that she had been her mother's sister initially, but she died at the age of nine and then ascended. This was all through timeline therapy. And when the emotion doesn't actually release, we get the client to go back and go back because obviously if the emotion's not releasing, they're not back at the root cause. So what happened here was she actually went back to two different lifetimes in her mother's lifetime. And the second one was she was sitting in the life between lives, looking down at her mother going, I'm going to have to go rescue her again. And even though she didn't really want to come down to earth again, she had to come down because she had a karmic contract with her mum. So the first time she came down to try and help her mum and sort out this karmic contract, she came as her mother's sister who died at age nine. Mm -hmm. And then the second time she came down as her mother's daughter and had a tumultuous relationship with her mother her entire life. And when she presented to me a couple of months ago, 
there was all these squabbles over what was going to happen to her mother's ashes because her stepdad had passed away. She was at disharmony with her siblings and her step-siblings. But once we broke that karmic contract that she had with her mum, her relationship with her siblings actually improved to the point where three days after that session, a sister who she'd been estranged with for years, she actually reached out and had an amazing five-hour conversation with her sister. And she said, Lisa, it was just so amazing how different it was to talk to my sister and be able to say the things that I've never felt I could say my entire life. And it was just, it was life-changing for her. You're right. Super interesting. So speaking of the life between life space, which it sounds like you have some experience in, what are some of the most important things that we need to know about that going forward? I feel like the biggest thing we need to learn is we're here for an experience. Life is meant to be a journey and it's meant to be a journey filled with different experiences. And those experiences can be good, they can be bad, and we attach meaning to those experiences and we're always seeking a destination. And this is why I went into the relationship space because what I recognized And I had a little bit of help because one of my clients, when we went to do the timeline therapy, actually started channeling Ascended Masters. And as I was writing the messages that were coming through, I'm like, God, I feel like this message is for me. And when she came out of the out of the session, she went, oh, yeah, by the way, they told me that was actually for you. And because I'd read Dr. Brian Weiss's book, Many Lives, Many Masters, I was very familiar with the channeling of Ascended Masters. And I just knew the minute she started like talking, I knew that it wasn't her talking. They talk very differently from your clients. What they said to me is that we get relationships all wrong. We think that we need to find the one. And once we meet the one, we become one. And that's in a lot of marriage vows. But we need to recognize that we should always strive to be two individuals who actually choose to spend a life together. And it doesn't even need to be a full life together. What I recognized was we seek a destination. We are almost like unconsciously programmed through all these Disney movies and these Hallmark movies and, you know, Valentine's Day and all these limiting beliefs that when we grow up and meet the one, we get married, we have kids and life is picture perfect. But it rarely ever is. And with the divorce rate at 50%, there's proof that 50% of the time we don't get it right the first time. But it's not that we didn't get it right. It's just we didn't recognize the lessons and the learnings that that person was meant to bring to our life. And so rather than getting stuck at a destination, when things go wrong, we get stuck at the outcome of the destination. And that's what I've been teaching my clients of late is how to remove yourself from being stuck at the destination or the outcome of a relationship that isn't working out or didn't work out. Right, because there is no final destination. And using the words of one of my past guest speakers, your journey was never meant to end. That was written by Dr. Mm -hmm. Bruce Koloski, who does a lot of this work as well. And great explanation, by the way. Having that kind of experience definitely gives you license to 
tell the rest of us who have not had that experience that you can learn something from it. As you described, it's not like something you see in a Hallmark or a Disney movie or anything like that, which would also explain why soulmates are a very important part of your work. And while we're talking about soulmates, also shadow selves. So is there some kind of symbiosis between the two or are they completely just different topics that you deal with? Well, when we talk about the shadow self, we're actually talking about those parts of us that we either have rejected and can't accept of ourselves, or that we feel ashamed of. And, you know, Carl Jung was probably the first person to really bring shadow self to the public eye. And he saw it as the uncivilized, even primitive side of, of our nature. And the thing is, is that we all have a shadow side and we can never get rid of our shadow side because our shadow side actually has a purpose. Our shadow side shows us where we need to heal and grow and where we may be blocking ourselves. So without your shadow self, you would never know where you could improve your life. What I love about timeline therapy in particular is that it actually accelerates clearing out and learning the things that our shadow self is presenting to us. Whereas I know in the past before I came across timeline therapy and hypnosis, I was always trying to clear things out at a conscious level. I was journaling, you know, I was trying to manifest from a point of consciousness. But when I tapped into the unconscious, that's where all learning behaviors stem from. And that's where we do our deepest healing. With shadow selves, our soulmates are showing up. They're showing up to show us where we need to actually work on ourselves. So whenever someone shows up and things go from amazing to, oh my God, crap, <laughs> as I like to call it, <laughs> when things start to go wrong, we externally want to blame the other person. But really what we should be doing is putting a mirror to ourselves because that person has been brought into your life for a reason. And when we turn that mirror back on ourselves, that's when we can actually start healing that shadow part of ourselves. Because often what we don't like in others is at an unconscious level or even a subconscious level, what we don't like about ourselves or what we're denying ourselves. So it seems like there is some kind of connection between or something that connects the shadow self with the soulmate. Oh, definitely. And there's different types of soulmates. You know, we have our romantic soulmates, past life soulmates. We have karmic twin flames, companion soulmates, soul families. Our soulmate doesn't need to be a romantic interest. I have a 78-year-old mentor that I walk with three days a week and I know he is a soulmate. He was brought into my life six weeks before my dad passed away and ironically went to school with my dad. But I've recognized that I'm the daughter he never had because he couldn't have children. And the relationship I have with him is the relationship I could never have with my biological dad because my biological dad was very emotionally closed off. I couldn't talk to him. I just found it so difficult. Whereas with Alan, I prioritize time with him because I love the relationship that I have with him. And we are literally like an energetic father and daughter. So we've covered soulmates and shadow selves 
And I think you've definitely done a good job of explaining why some of us get stuck at the destination. So going back to the karmic contract, how do we actually know if we have one with a particular person or not? This is probably been one of the hardest things that I had to learn. It's like I knew my ex-husband was my karmic contract, but I didn't know how to clear it out for about nearly 10 years. And karmic contracts with people, it's like they just keep coming back or they will usually be a significant person in our life and they will generally be in our life over a period of time. So there's a difference between repeating patterns versus a actual karmic contract. A karmic contract will be with somebody who just keeps coming back and you keep learning lessons, but you can't seem to break free of that person until you either break the contract or learn the lesson. I'll give the example of my ex-husband. When we separated, I was embroiled in a very bitter divorce for nearly eight years. And no matter what I did, every time I felt like I had broken free and started moving forward with my life, it was like he would do something that would pull me right back to where I had been. And I used to call it the vortex of hell. And now that I know about law of attraction and how our words create our reality, I'm a lot more careful with my words. But that's how I felt. I just felt like every time I tried to move forward, he would do something to pull me back. And it wasn't until I recognized that the secret to breaking this contract was actually to let go and stop responding. I kept reacting to his actions. And when I learned to let go and start accepting that I had more lessons to learn, that's when my life started to shift. And then with the use of timeline therapy, I was actually able to tap in at the unconscious level and start going back and clearing out the actual contract that I had made with him. Now, I wouldn't say that I get along with my ex-husband, but at least he does not interfere in my life in any way. But I allowed him to for 10 years because I, I wasn't learning my lesson. So speaking of which, learning lessons, having soul contracts, soul agreements, karma contracts, what about when you break a contract? Because I've heard different things on that specific topic. What are the repercussions for the different scenarios of breaking a soul contract or a karma contract? I don't like to use the word repercussions because for me, it's only positive. When you break those contracts, and I have literally witnessed this, it's like you get an instant facelift. When we break these contracts really? that have, oh, absolutely. I've had clients come back the following week and I've gone, what have you done? Like you look like 10 years younger. And it's because it's almost like that weight of the burden of the contract has been lifted and you just feel light. And I recently had a client who literally used those words. He said, I just feel lighter. I can't explain it. I just feel lighter. And what had happened with him was he was carrying generations of trauma and karmic contracts that he had brought into this lifetime. And he was being given an opportunity to heal generations of trauma. And I actually had two of these clients. And when I have a series of clients, they tend to come in like a series of certain things that you have to clear out because 
I see it as it's my own personal evolution of what I have been brought into this lifetime to do and expanding my gifts. They both have said the same thing. It's like a feeling of weightlessness and they can't put their finger on it, but they just feel happier. And it's almost like life gets turned up into like a brightness of a a 3D movie. If someone makes a soul agreement or a karmic agreement before they come back down in a new incarnation and they don't learn their lesson, if they break a karmic contract, for instance, it will seem positive for them, but does that mean that they might have to incarnate again in the same set of circumstances because they didn't learn their lesson? Okay, so I get it. So there's almost two parts to this question. So For the person breaking the karmic contract, when we do that with timeline therapy, we actually tap into the unconscious mind and we ask the unconscious mind for the positive learnings. What do I need to learn from this in order to break it and then apply those positive learnings to all future events? So that person will have learned their lessons because they're actively learning their lesson and then actively breaking the contract. However, For the other person, if they have ignored the lessons, then yes, they can recreate in another lifetime with a different soul and having to learn that lesson again. I'm going to use my own personal experience here. When I went through my divorce, I was very adamant that I was going to learn whatever lessons I needed to learn in order to let go. However, his actions were clearly going against anything he was meant to learn. And so spirit eventually put something in front of him that he could not ignore. And that something had radically changed his life and to the point where he no longer had any time or energy to annoy me because he had to focus on what had been put in front of him. And (laughs) such a great story. (laughs) And, you know, I will preserve my ex-husband's, you know, privacy by not saying what it was, but it was really interesting because... A psychic said to me, because I thought it was just karma, but she said, that's actually dogma. And I said, what is dogma? What's the difference? And she said, dogma is when your actions go against what you're meant to be learning. Spirit will put something in front of you so powerfully, like bad, you cannot ignore it. And that's exactly what happened to him. And so I learned my lessons and I've gone on to, you know, have an amazing life. And, and now I teach this on to other people, whereas he is still picking up the pieces of what was put in front of him, you know, four years ago. So your work has a lot to do with digging deep into whatever life you have to go into and find out what they really need to learn. I think it may be one of the first times I've heard it explained in that manner, which is great. How often is it for you or your clients to recognize someone in this life that they've had a past life with? I find it's probably more common with more evolved souls because we do reincarnate in our own time. For example, I've got two sons. One is an old soul. He's reincarnated so many times. He's bored with life. He was bored with life by the time he was nine. He thought he knew everything. Whereas my other child, he is like a fresh young puppy. He's all about 
you know, learning things the hard way. He will do stupid, dumb shit at school and get suspended. He's here to have fun. I find when I work with more of those evolved souls, those that have already opened themselves up to the possibility that there is more than just the 3D that we see in front of us, they tend to be the people who will go back into past lives and recognize the different souls and who they reincarnated with in this lifetime. And that's an amazing experience. I've personally done it. I met a gentleman two years ago who I just knew he was my twin flame. And when I did the timeline therapy on it, he was actually my husband in my last lifetime. That was a really profound experience because it was my first time that I actually recognized a soul in past lives in doing the timeline therapy. How cool is that? Did you get chills or what was that like? I was crying at the time because the scene that they gave me was I was in a bullock wagon. I had three sons. One was about, you know, 18 months old on my hip. And then I had a six and nine year old. And we were actually being taken away from his funeral. So there was deep sadness there because I was actually clearing out sadness. I wasn't specifically doing timeline therapy about that gentleman that I'd met, but they dropped me into this scene. And what was interesting though was when I did another timeline therapy because I still hadn't cleared out the sadness, they took me back and dropped me right at his grave at the funeral. And then when I still couldn't clear it, they moved me further back to when he died in my arms and I was getting even more distraught. I was actually working with a master practitioner at the time and eventually we got to a bedside scene where he was dying of consumption And in that scene, we made a vow to forever love each other. And in that moment, the realization just washed over me that I was trapped in a vow that hadn't been broken when he died. Because when we say our marriage vows, we say to death do us part. But this vow to forever love each other actually overrode that marriage vow. And so I came into this lifetime, my soul was literally seeking this person in this lifetime. And it explained why I never felt like I could go into a relationship with someone unless I felt a soul connection. I couldn't just allow myself to date somebody to get to know them. If I did not feel that soul connection initially, I didn't even bother dating them. That was because I had to break this, I guess, soul vow from my last life. And once I broke that, that was life-changing for me in my own dating experiences. So I guess we have to be very careful of those type of things that we say to each other, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Anything else that we need to know on this topic? Not really. I feel like we've covered a lot, a lot more than I thought. Probably just that with personal growth and clearing out contracts, it's like an onion. We're always continually growing and learning. And I was actually given a download the other day and the positive learning when I was clearing something out in the super blue full moon that we literally just had a couple of days ago was that the human heart has been designed to have unlimited potential to love, grow, heal and expand. And there is no container that will contain the love that we're meant to experience. We are here on this earth to experience love, but we often deny ourselves love because we're scared. And that's what I love so much about what I do is I help people remove that fear so then they know that it's actually safe to be vulnerable. And if you get hurt again, 
who cares? There's a lesson there. There's a saying, it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. But sadly, what happens is we get hurt, we get scared and we go, well, I'm going to protect myself from ever feeling hurt again. But what we're doing there is we're not learning our lessons because we learn through our experiences. The lessons are the most important thing. Excellent stuff. Lisa, thanks for coming on to the show tonight. How can our listeners find you online? The two best ways to find me online is our website. That's connectedtosoul.com. And the other way is if you're on Facebook or Instagram, I go under the handle Relationships Done Differently. Excellent. You've been listening to Closer to Venus. I'm Johnny Burke. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing. For more info, please go to closertovenus.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.